Welcome to the Jerry on Jets podcast series, episode three. My name is Patrick Hughes, and I am interviewing people of interest within the town to promote community and showcase our beautiful region, Gerringong. Firstly, we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land. We recognise all the Aboriginal nations who have a continuing connection to this country, sea, land and community. We pay respect to elders, past, present and emerging. Hello to all our listeners. Today I'm joined by a prominent person in the community, especially within the Gerringong Jets Cricket Club, he is an ex-president and life member, to name a few. Welcome, Paul Berry. G'day, Patrick. How's things? Mate, very well today. Obviously, our time of year is, is the Christmas period and on holidays, so uh, fantastic, mate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for joining us today on the uh, Joan Gold Gets Cricket Podcast, Paul. Uh, I hope you're well as well. Yep, I certainly am. Thanks, Patrick. Fantastic. And for those that don't know you, Paul, can you give us a, a little introduction about yourself? Well, I, I grew up in Taree, went to Taree West Primary School, then uh, Taree High School. Then I went to uh, the University of Newcastle. And amongst other things there, I, was, I, I played cricket, hockey, and then a bunch of us decided that we would play baseball in the off-season. And we actually created the University of Newcastle Baseball Club. That's another story anyway. I got a job as a teacher in West Wyalong. I taught there for four years. I applied for everywhere on the coast after a year off and I got Warren, which is further west at Dubbo and uh, stayed there for five years. Applied for everywhere uh, along the coast and this time I got lucky, got my number one choice, Kaima High School. And I've been at Kaima High since 1996. So, yeah, about 25 years. Wow, that's amazing. Paul, and what made you settle in the area of Jerangong? Look, it's a beautiful area. It was about halfway between both of our parents, but also um, uh, when I decided to choose Jerringong over Kaima or Jamboree, whatever, uh, uh, staying with the Wishart family on my south coast surfing safaris. And when I told the Wisharts that I was going to move <laughs> to this area, they said, well, there's only one place you're going to live, isn't it? And that was Jerringong. And yep. I definitely agreed that, yep, this was the place that I had a really good feel and it continues to this day. Wow. And the Wishart family, obviously a very prominent name in the Jerangong community. They are indeed, yes. Uh, Gwen and Graham ran the pharmacy there for years and they lived up at Willowvale there. And I went to uni with their eldest son, Derek. And then, yeah, and I know the rest of the Wishart children uh, quite well. You're obviously passionate about cricket, Paul. Oh, I am indeed, yes, yeah. Why is that? I mean, you've started a baseball club, something quite different than cricket. So so why are you passionate about cricket, Paul? Well, I've always, you know, like the sports that I've mentioned to you already, hockey, baseball, cricket, they're all kind of like hand-eye, bat-ball type things that I've just I've loved doing ever since I was a kid and when I was, you know, building a ball up against um, the garage door annoying the neighbours, you know, with practising Don Bradman style, except uh, I wasn't good enough to use just a cricket stump and a golf ball. I'd have a, a cricket ball and a, and a bat, or I'd just um, practise running up and bowling into the garage door. What is your affiliation with Jerry Jets Cricket Club? 
Well, I've got like a long affiliation. I, uh, when I moved to town, uh, I started playing in 1996. I was looking to, um, you know, break into the community and was playing out west. I'd actually, um, I was playing like I'm a teacher and I was actually playing with a bunch of school kids, more or less, at Warren in the comp out there. And, and we did pretty well anyway. So, and then I, you know, just came here and continued my run with cricket and joined Gerringong and you yeah, haven't looked back as far as the playing bit went. When uh, I had kids, I started to coach the kids in Milo cricket or Kanga cricket or whatever you want to call it and then did that for a number of years and then started coaching as the kids got older, took them through the two boys anyway, Manning and Tasman took those through until the end of their junior cricket, became president after that. So that's a decent stint. That's 25 years, Paul. So I guess that's uh, hence the reason why you've achieved life member status in the club. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Yep. Yeah, wow. And why Derringon Cricket Club, Paul? Because there's a few prominent clubs that are, I guess, around the area. We look at Kiama and Gambaroo and even down south, you know, the, the likes of Bomadary and so. So why why Derringon Cricket Club? Is it pretty much because you lived in the area or there were some things that you liked about the club? Oh, look, it's a bit of both, Pat. Like, I'm a firm believer in, like, you know, where you live, you represent your local community. And when I started playing for Gerringong, never any question that that's where I was going to stay. It's a fabulous community, as you're aware. And, you know, I had no reason to look anywhere else. Very proud to represent Gerringong when I first started. And that certainly is, uh, is the case to this day. Totally understand the phenomenal community and little town. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yes, definitely God's country. What, what is your most memorable moment at the Jets, Paul, if you've got one or two? Yeah, look, my most memorable moments are actually, both of them are involving coaching. Coaching my eldest son's team, it was under-14s, and I think that would have been about 2010-11, something like that. We've got a typical Gerringong policy where we give all of our kids a, you know, a bat and a bowl and throughout the season. And it's only when the semi-finals and finals come that, you know, like I really set the batting order, you know, according to, right, we're going to try and win this. Even so, uh, we still kind of shared the bowling quite a bit. This, uh, anyway, we played Lake Illawarra that always batted their best batsman first and this one guy in particular who scored a couple of big hundreds and hit the ball a country mile massive sixes for an under 14 anyway we uh we played uh, Lake Illawarra and we were lucky enough to get him out exceptionally cheaply and thanks to a magnificent catch from Alexander Weir who did a court and bowled who had to wait for the ball to come down from the heavens because this guy hit it so far vertically but he took the catch and their team capitulated and we got them all out for 35 and then it was our turn and uh, we got three for 303 <laughs> uh, including Manning my son got 103 not out. There are a couple of other big scores by Callum Cooper and Will Grant and Manning backed it up, taking six for five as well too. So that was a pretty amazing match both uh, for him, but the uh, but just the team-wise, you know, I get probably more of a kick out of the team you're coaching winning rather than your own personal achievements. So that was one. And a, another one with um, 
my other son, Tasman's team, uh, it was a regular game and we needed four runs off the last ball and there was a, a wicket. So there was one ball to go and one ball to face and their bowler bowled this ball about hip high. He was a left-hander and he's cracked it down past square leg for four and we, we won that game. Everyone was ecstatic about that victory. So they're two things that, that stand out in my mind anyway. Interesting there, they're both moments as coaches and, and not so much as a player. But I'm aware, Paul, of the story that you have, the first grade player that um, and ended your career. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, well, it runs along the line of the week before, the very same umpire had given me out in a dubious decision, so much so that he came up to me and apologised for uh, saying, oh, I think you got a rough call there, mate. So fast forward uh, this particular match and my year 12 student was bowling to me and he he beat me outside the outside edge of my bat and I didn't think I hit it, but maybe there was a tickle. It was anyway, the umpire looked and he thought, oh, right, I gave this guy out last week. You know, anyway, so he shook his head and said, nah, not out. And you know, so I stood on the ground all the rest of it. The next ball was a short one that got up a bit higher than what I was expecting to and it, uh, it took me on the forearm and uh, gee, it was sore. And anyway, so I've tried to face up uh, as he came into bowl and it was still really sore. I couldn't hold the bat. So he continued just as he was coming into bowl. I pulled away again because I just couldn't hold the bat. So I wandered off and Chris Gear, a club stalwart, took me to the hospital. And sure enough, it was a clean snap of my ulna, which is the, uh, you know, the front bone running down your wrist bone there. And that was, um, well in uh, late 30s by that stage anyway and I thought I was thinking about you know I'll have a couple more seasons but I thought right well I'll uh, I'll call it quits there so that's that was it <laughs> yeah that's, that's a great story Paul it definitely doesn't get old that one yeah, and then do you have any uh, memorable moments as a player uh, with the Jets yeah, well, like I'd probably go the, the opposite end of my uh, Jets career, which is the, the very first game I got to play first grade. I played a couple of second grade games and then they uh, they put me up into first grade and we were playing the uh, notorious uh, Lake Illawarra that were you know, a very strong side, fiercely competitive and probably one of the best cricketers running around for years, actually. His name was Graham Stinson and he was fired up bowling. And he was a bit fired up because um, our opening batsman had actually taken taken to him a bit. Mark Shebecki and Peter Quine had, you know, put on a, a really good opening stand. And anyway, I came out, I think we were about three wickets down or something. I came out. He bowled me a, a short one and I tried to defend it or play it around the corner and it just lobbed in front of me and it bounced and this guy dived forward and caught it bump ball and he was jumping up and down and carrying on that, you know, he thought that he'd caught it. Anyway, the umpire gave it not out. Next ball came short again, but this one just ran like about three inches along the ground, straight and cannon into my pads. And, and even I thought, this has got to be so close. But the umpire uh, thought otherwise, and he gave me not out. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's steam coming out of Stinson's ears. He was furious. <laughs> so then he's gone back and he's coming and he's really let one go and he's bowled me a beamer straight at my head and um, in today's day and age that's one more of those and you'd be off for the match but yeah. anyway I uh, ducked and got out of the road and it hit their wicketkeeper on the full on the ankle and he's hobbling around and so I thought there was a bit of uh, justice done there actually <laughs> yeah anyway I, like I hung around I got 40 odd runs that particular debut which was quite good but uh, then it was was their turn to bat 
and I got the bowl to, to him, Stinson, and I bowled this ball just short of a length and it reared up and I thought it caught his glove, but the umpire said it didn't. But anyway, on the way through it, it hit him square in the forehead and uh, ricocheted up into the air and given not out. At the end of the game, he still had the stitch marks uh, in his forehead. <laughs> Anyway, so I thought once again, I got a bit of uh, justice there, except the only trouble is, is he was given not out. He, uh, he made 130 before we finally removed him. Wow. I was hoping the next time we came to play them, I was hoping he might have forgotten who I was, but he was reminded and he's still reminded to this day by uh, one of his playing mates, which was Wayne Livermore, saying that, uh, I remember that guy, he's the guy that hit you in the forehead, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to get away with it very lightly. So, yeah, that's, a, that's one of my memorable moments. And as far as t- uh, team performances go, we nearly won a final. We, uh, we won the uh, minor premiership in second grade and we were playing Kaima and their batsman came out swinging against our very quick opening bowler and they just got lucky and belted, you know, snicked things over slips and whatever and, they chased down our runs, which was was unfortunate, but that was the closest we've come to uh, a higher grade. That was second grade, a higher grade Jeringong Premiership until um, what season's this one, Pat? 21, 22? This is the season, isn't it? Yeah, this is the season, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> We're on track. We've only had a few games due to the weather, at least the semi finals berth that forward to kicking off again for the, the next part of the season. Hopefully, weather and COVID uh, permitting, we were able to get on a, on a cricket pitch and, and have a good go. Yeah, let's hope so. Foyle, obviously, you've been around as a teacher, coach, player, and, and the likes. So who are your inspirations in life? Well, I think life's far more than just sport. My real heroes are people that have overcome adversity and uh, still managed to conduct themselves with dignity. And uh, a couple of my heroes are uh, Mahatma Gandhi, had the uh, non-violent protest against the British occupation of India. To this day now, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi from Burma, who has put up with, you know, she gets jailed all because, you know, she won an election and she's conducted herself with extreme dignity throughout, you know, the, the ill treatment she's received, including being in jail for years from the military junta there. So that may surprise you coming from a, a sporting interview, but in regards to... To, to sport once again, people who've conducted themselves with dignity, people like Roger Federer and Ash Barty, they always conduct themselves with the highest level of honesty and integrity. So that's my sporting heroes. As far as cricket goes, I can't go past Adam Gilchrist for his attitude. And mm. I actually spoke to his schoolboy coach you know, when I was taking one of my PSSA carnival for Manning. I was speaking to him and he said, like, Adam Gilchrist was not only very gifted, but his dedication to the game, like he just kept at it and at it and at it and got better and better. But I loved Gilchrist's attitude to the game. Once again, he was an honest guy and his attitude, like how he could just take a match away from opponents just through his aggressive batting and a champion bloke as well too so Gilchrist and um, I'm actually a bowler he's a bowling all-rounder you would say but uh, I would have to say that DK Lilly is uh, my hero there I learnt to bowl 
out of his book that was given to me by Jack Fingleton, actually. Jack gave me a book called Successful Cricket in that Dennis Lee has just got this most amazing manual on how to bowl swing. And I just read it as a young, you know, I was about year five or year six at school. I I read it uh, cover to cover and how to bowl uh, every conceivable ball. And you saw it in the way... Lily, you know, throughout his whole career, starting from being tearaway pace man to being an exceptionally clever, medium-fast bowler in his latter career. Yeah, so they're some of my uh, heroes. Probably anyway, um, Patrick. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant, mate. I mean, there's definitely a, a range of people there that have gone through some adversity in all walks of life. You know, even with the likes of Lily with his back injury yeah, and that's having right. to reshape yeah. bowling, obviously his fierceness was in his pace, and he had to come back. Uh, as you said, um, as a bit of a tactician, you know, the art of swing. If you don't mind me saying, I guess you conduct yourself in those sort of ways as well with uh, honesty and integrity. Yeah, so, I, um, I certainly try to. Anyway, yeah. Um, and what would you like to see in the future at the Jets, Paul, now that obviously you've given 25 years of your life into the club, being a president, player, life member? Yeah, well, Pat, look, I'd like to see the club to remain a healthy, vibrant club. I think some of the facilities that we've got now are fantastic and plans to even further our facilities. But that's only bricks and mortar. We still need to have, you know, the essence of any club are its members. What I'd really like to see is a lot more females getting involved. It'd be great, you know, years down the track that we actually have female teams. Uh, If not, certainly a greater participation rate from not not only girls, but also uh, women that continue to play cricket uh, for Gerringong. I think that would be absolutely wonderful to see, as well as the pipe dream of us, you know, fielding a first grade side again, a competitive first grade side, and even better coming home with a premiership in first grade. That would be absolutely magnificent. The format of the games might need to change with, as you appreciate, our society is getting more and more complex and weekend sport, you know, Saturday afternoon, it's a big commitment for people to commit, you know, for such large numbers of hours on a Saturday afternoon. So... The formats might have to change there. But anyway, that's what I'd like to see, a vibrant club with more females involved. That's great, Paul, and exactly where the Cricket Club and the committee are all looking in that way forward as well. The start of the under-17s cricket comp on a Wednesday afternoon, T20 cricket comp. I know that our current president, Brad, and yourself have, uh, in the past, uh, tried to, to kick this off, and it's you know, something that's into fruition. Definitely, there's a whole lot of people all that are uh, working towards uh, those things in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to go. What do you enjoy now after cricket? Yes, I have finished with the committee. I'll I'll always take an interest in the club and like to come and support from time to time and help out with small chores. I think that's one thing that rather than a few people doing a lot, if we we could broaden the the work base of the club, it would uh, uh, make for a a healthier club and take some of the workload off this very hard working committee. But yeah, so that's one thing 
I will continue to do. But, uh, yeah, no, I like uh, keeping active, you know, like uh, swimming, surfing, bike riding, playing tennis. And I also have my music where I play in uh, a band called uh, Boysenberry. Yeah, we play around every now and then. I, I love that. And I play bass guitar there. And when I'm not doing that, I also, when I'll get the time, I also like um, writing songs as well, just, you know, uh, at home on my acoustic guitar or um, actually for our band as well too. So, yeah, I'm pretty uh, diverse in my interest, you would say, Patrick. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, amazing you had some time to actually play cricket and be part of it. You've got such a, a busy life there, Paul. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, a jack of all trades, master of none, Pat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, mate, I really appreciate your time today sharing your um, story within, within the podcast. So thanks so much for your time, Paul, and I uh, really appreciate it, mate. No, look, I love that, Pat. Thanks for the opportunity. I reckon this is a really great initiative. And uh, long live Gerringong Jets Cricket Club. It's been going, you know, since around about the, like the 1860s from uh, what I've read and, and found out about. But uh, it's got a great history. Uh, got, yeah, a really good sense of, of community. And uh, I wish the club all the very best. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening and jump into our other Gerringong Jets podcast episodes. 